0: The following podcast is a dear media production.
1: I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burn
0: out. I tell them I'm not like the
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kinsey Elizabeth. Today's episode is a good one, guys. We have Brittany Xavier on, queen of TikTok, OK? And I don't say that to undermine all of her other incredible qualities. Like, she's a fantastic mother. Ooh, Coco is making some noise in the background. Sorry, guys. You know, COVID things. Um, Not COVID things. Pandemic things. I was trying to make a work-from-home joke, but, like, I work from home anyway. So it just didn't make sense. Anyways, she is an incredible mother, a wife. She's built a whole blog into a brand. She's an incredible Instagram. She's just really killing it. She works with all these luxury brands. But I will say, I think I am her number one fan on TikTok. Okay. It's not even like when I say she's queen of TikTok, I don't mean that to undermine all of her other, you know, crazy successes that she's had, but she has killed TikTok and she gives us so many tips, a lot of practical ways for organizing, a lot of things about, you know, turning a blog into a brand, how she got started, how she structures even her work days or her to-dos, things like that. Even like knowing what's trending, you know, she has this daughter, Jayden, who's so freaking cute. And I feel like she's kind of her little sidekick that really helps with that. But anyways, we will get into her interview soon and have her on. But before that, I just wanted to say, well, I have a few things to say. One, First things first, it is election week and this is such an important election. I just wanted to take a second to kind of recognize that it's Tuesday, November 3rd, as I'm recording this. So obviously I don't know anything, um, as far as, you know, who wins or whatever, but I do know this is such a heavy week for so many people. And there's so much anxiety, especially just minorities in America. And I just want to, I want to say like, obviously I can't ever understand what it feels like to like be a black woman in America. I could never understand that I'm, I'm white, you know, but I do want to say, I see you guys. I love you guys. I know this is a really tough time for so many people and just the anxiety that I feel surrounding the election. I think about, wow, like imagine if I was this person or if this was in my life or, you know, there's so many things and, you know, regardless it's, it's just a tough time and it's, you know, It's just, I'm trying not to make everyone hate me, but it's been really, really rough, okay? Also, while we're here, I just want to say two things. One, I really hope you guys went out and voted. And if you guys didn't vote this time, please make it a priority to vote next time. I know we have seen record numbers as far as younger voters go, which I am so proud of that. I love that for us. But I just think it's incredibly important. And if you maybe didn't go out and vote because you didn't think it would affect you or that your one vote didn't matter or... You just didn't like the like either of the politicians or you know, whatever your reasoning I really encourage you to just kind of educate yourself a little bit more like Just go watch 13th on netflix read maybe like white fragility go follow Honestly, I what I would do is go follow dom on instagram if you guys don't already dom is my best friend who by the way guys gets here This week and she's here for the month. So expect some content anyways dom is my best friend from college. And she recently in, you know, during COVID has gone viral ever since George Floyd's murder. She made a graphic and that went viral. And then she's really been such a good resource for so many people. Not that it's her job, but it's just something that she wants to do. And she's incredible. And if you guys are just trying to educate yourself or maybe have an opposing side of view, or whatever that is, go follow her because she really opens up your eyes and It's all about empathy, and I just think it's incredibly important. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about election week. I know that, you know, obviously, I don't know any of the results as of right now, but I see you guys. I love you guys. I'm with you guys, and I guess that's all. I went and voted. Of course, I would never tell you guys to do something that I wouldn't do, but I just think it's really important, and I just wanted to take a second to talk about that. Anyways, moving on to lighter subjects, guys. I have been on a, like, Matthew McConaughey spiral, dare I say, okay? I love the man. I think he's the most incredible human being. Do I love him more because he's a Texan? Probably, but he's also Matthew McConaughey. I just, I, oh my god, I love him. He has been on so many podcasts recently because he came out with a new book, Green Lights, which I have been waiting for in the mail for two weeks, guys, and it is finally coming. I believe today, but Amazon tells me every day that it's coming, and it doesn't. And then I went to Barnes and Noble, and they said that it it's off the shelf within seconds of being put there. So. I am just, you know, this book will find its way to me when it's meant to be. You know, I had to get the physical copy. I had to, you know, do the whole thing. But I think there's a few things about this that are really cool. One, I believe it really shows the power of podcasting in multiple different like verticals, if you will. Right. So the first one being that, you know, as far as doing press for a book, he literally just went on all the top podcasts. He went on Joe Rogan's. He went on Tim Ferriss's. He did Armchair Expert. He did a lot of podcast interviews, right? I've listened to so many of them and I've loved them, right? So, on one hand, that's really cool that that's kind of where press is going. And then on the other, I really do think that him going on all these podcasts helped his book sales a ton. Not that he needs help. I know that he's Matthew McConaughey, I know he's gonna sell copies. But even people who are working on Barnes and Noble were like, I have never seen a book sell like this. And he really, he did a circle guys. Like, so hear me when I say, I'm well aware that it would have been a bestseller with or without podcast. But I just want to say from the conversations I have been having with people over the past two weeks, like 90% of them have said, you know, I wasn't even planning on getting the book. I think he's cool. But I listened to the podcast and I was like, I had to get the book. And I just think that podcasting is such a great vertical for book sales and just books in general. And I love that. You know what? Now that we're on the topic of books, I just want to say, guys, if you want to join a book club. We have one right here. We are reading We Were Liars by E. Lockhart this month with Lauren Elizabeth. So at the end of the month, we will be doing our book club book. So Go check out our book. I have never, I mean, I know this is only our fourth book club, but I have gotten the most responses about this book. So many of you guys have been like, oh my God, this book wrecked me. Wait, like this is like, I think about this book weekly and I read it six years ago. Like things like that. I don't even know if it's that old, but I've been getting So many messages from you guys who are just so excited that that's our book for the month So I hope you guys are reading along lauren and I will be doing a little book club recap Also while we're here lauren elizabeth collection comes out november 10th. Go check it out guys this past weekend I did absolutely nothing, which is exactly what I wanted to do. I went to my parents house They were at the lake. I just spent some time with my brother. We watched a lot of I Am A Murderer is that the show. It's a Netflix series. It's an, a Netflix original, I believe. And it basically tells a story from like the killer's point of view along with others. But like they're in literally jail and shooting there. It's really crazy. My little brother and I can never agree on a show. Literally ever. Like it's really just we try. We will sit there for like three hours and try to agree on a show. And it just doesn't work. And we finally found one. That's kind of like our middle ground and he even asked me to watch another episode Which is a really big deal because he's 17 and like too cool for me All right, guys, let's be honest How many of us have tried to follow whatever new trendy diet is out there only to be on our couch on thursday night Dying for either a glass of wine or the white cheddar cheeses that are in my pantry currently. This is me guys Also, it's just really overwhelming to see all these like trendy ways of eating out there. And I just, I don't know what to follow. I want to eat to feel my absolute best. I want to have energy. I want to feel good. I want to know that I'm putting in like nutrients into my body and not just junk. So make no mistake, diets actually suck and they don't work you follow them and then you really don't have any idea what you're doing and why you're doing it. So you lose the weight and then you put back on all of the weight that you just lost. So while we may think that we're the problem, it's actually the diet, it's not us guys. So. This is why I've recently partnered with Lauren of The Sorority Nutritionist. She was on last week's episode. While I haven't really ever thought about like fun and weight loss in the same sentence, Lauren has proven me wrong because she's actually made me really excited to eat healthy. Lauren is a registered dietitian that specializes in women's weight loss and has helped hundreds of women lose weight, tone up and feel freaking sexy in their bodies while eating all foods. Yes, I said it, no foods are off limit at the sorority nutritionist, even wine. So that's because you can learn how many calories you eat for a day for weight loss with her simple method. You realize how easy it is to start seeing weight loss literally every week. With Lauren's proven method, you're actually not going to be given a list of good and bad foods that put happy hour and sushi night off limits. You're actually going to be shown how to fit in the foods you love so much. So you don't have to follow a super boring diet plan you found online when you were just desperate to lose a little bit of weight. If you're ready to lose your first 10, 20 or 30 pounds, join the thousands of fit girls who have toned up and finally learned how to eat for weight loss. Head to the sorority nutritionist.com I O Y S M today. I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder, so it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. Other than that, I really just kind of laid around. And oh, I, I actually did go to Cinemark because they were kind enough to gift me a private theater on Halloween. So I took my sister and my niece and we went and saw my niece's favorite movie, A Nightmare Before Christmas. And that was great. If you guys are looking for a really COVID friendly activity, I know Cinemark is renting out private theaters. Honestly, they're not expensive either. I I've been lucky enough and like I'm really grateful to be gifted them But I looked at the prices and when you split that with people, it's not bad at all So if you're looking for like maybe something to do with your family I know my family and I are talking about renting out a theater on christmas just so it's safe and we can still go to the movies And it was really great. That's the second time we've done that and it's just so much fun every time also I just want to say tis the season I have a lot to say. I'm like, Oh, Hey guys. But anyways, tis the season, everyone. I just went and got a ton of Christmas decor. I am ready to go. My mom is an interior designer and she also professionally decorates Christmas trees. And this is my first year since moving out that I live somewhere that she can help me. So I got all the stuff. We're ready to go. Normally my trees up November 1st, I'm slacking guys. I wasn't at my house this weekend, but it is going up actually thursday so the day that you guys are listening to this so i'm really excited for that we're doing an entire vlog everything's on instagram it's vlog week right now so i'm daily vlogging if you guys want more content um as well as instagram reels i've been posting there and tiktok and everything there's just been a lot of stuff also i'm posting throwback videos of the podcast i just posted one From Pretty basic when we were when I had them on and Remy is talking about hot guy names guys It is so funny and she literally mentions cal her now boyfriend But this is like before they were seeing each other and how she got caught It is so funny go on my instagram if you guys are coming from this podcast Go on my instagram and comment there and then also comment your hot guy name. I just think it's so funny Anyways, a little bit of housekeeping guys. As always, we have a newsletter. Go join sign up for that All you have to do is drop your email. I don't spam you. It's a once a week newsletter I give you guys my favorite reads listens follows all that stuff I promise you guys will like it subscribe to my youtube channel We are doing vlog week there dom will be here and those are the best vlogs if you guys haven't ever Watched my youtube videos. I think you guys would like them Instagram as always kenzie elizabeth tiktok kenzie elizabeth. Hey, we have a facebook group if you guys haven't Join that. That's really what you need to do. If you listen to one thing, join the Facebook group. It is so much fun. Also, on my Like to Know It profile, which is just Kinsey Elizabeth, I'm sharing my gift guides this season all on there. So, you guys need to go follow. And then also, my Sephora sales and Basically, if you guys have any question about what I use for anything, even podcast equipment, it is all on my Like to Know it profile, which is just Kinsey Elizabeth. But, anyways, without further ado, let's have Brittany on. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. It's really helpful. It's pretty practical, which is what I really wanted to know from her because she's killing it. So I needed to know like how I can be better, you know. But without further ado, let's welcome Brittany on.
0: Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm doing well.
1: I am so excited to have you on today. You are my favorite TikTok follow. Also Instagram (laughs) follow, all of the above. You're really killing it. I just want to know a little bit more about where did you grow up? Like, what were you like as like a teenager? Because I feel like so many people, especially on TikTok, look at all these people and like want to be someone else or have like new role models and new career role models. And they think they can never get there, but people don't realize like, you know, a lot of those people are actually just like them.
0: Yeah. I was, which is interesting. My mom homeschooled me through, it was through sixth to eighth grade. She wanted to try it out Her some of her friends were doing it. And my brother and I did it together, but I did high school. I went into public high school and I remember being ahead of all my classes because I was doing private tutoring and I would finish my work really quickly at home. I was done by noon with all, you know, cause a lot of school you're going to your classes and your recess and all of that. So that was all skipped. And I had all these extracurricular things later, but I remember when I went into high school, the people at the school thought I went to the different middle school. So no one really knew where I came from. They're like, Oh, where <laughs> did you go to the other middle school? So it was funny. I kind of went into school with no friends. I just had to make friends. I joined the cheer team. I joined ASB. I really just put myself out there. And I had a really great high school experience, but my school is really big. And yeah, I just, I feel like I was pretty confident for, I guess, not really having a huge friend group, especially (laughs) during middle school. But I love that experience that I had just because it shaped me into who I am today. But yeah, I feel like I was pretty regular in high school.
1: <laughs> Would you say that you were outgoing before or that kind of like you forced yourself to put yourself out there?
0: I've always been extrovert, but I think through that experience, I forced me to even go above my comfort level. I'm not one person that's just going to go everywhere by myself and you know hang out by myself. I love to be with friends. I love a social circle. Which is completely opposite than some of my other family members. Who my brother was very introverted. So for him, the the difference from going into high school was completely different. He was like, no, I just want to do my. I still want to go to. He wanted to go to a private school. He wanted to go to a really small school. So I think it was just our personalities were a little different. Yeah, I think I've always just been. I think I've been always like, just pushing myself a little bit, and I guess not really afraid to be in an awkward situation. <laughs>
1: That is such a good quality to have. I can see how that would have been almost like a culture shock in a way going from (laughs) that to going into like such a big school with so many different activities. When you were that age, did you ever see yourself doing anything like what you're doing now? Because I know before with your like corporate career, it was more so like that's more structured and you're not fully relying on yourself or anything. Like, did you ever see yourself doing something like this?
0: No, I, well, especially because I was in high school, I graduated 2005. So my space was really popular when I was even junior, senior, and I had just gotten Facebook my freshman year of college when it was a college only address. So for me, I would never think that I would be doing this because that wasn't even an option to like, to think about being on social media. That was I mean, MySpace, I would change my background, but it wasn't... No one was really, really taking off on there. So that was just so foreign to think about at the time. But I did love... I love Facebook. When it started, I would update my status. But I always had the idea that I wanted to work for someone else. I never had those ambitions that I wanted to own my own business. I always thought that seemed a little risky. And because I'm... I was so safe with... My finances, my education, I was always just very I always had a plan, so to think that I would own my own business seemed like I was just like throwing everything into the wind and just taking a risk, so that wasn't that wasn't anything I ever thought I would want. Okay, so
1: how did you go from really liking almost the stability and the structure of that lifestyle to like going into digital and owning your own business and like building an empire? How did you end up getting the confidence to do that?
0: Well, uh, when I met my husband, he was he had a little bit of a Twitter following. So we'd go to these Twitter meetups and that was when we were dating. And I thought it was just so, it was so interesting that he had friends that were from different parts of the country, but they would just meet up at these events. And I thought that was so interesting, but didn't really fully understand it. And he was just, you know, just dabbling in it. We were, it was just more for fun. After we got married and our wedding was just so much to plan. We did it all ourselves. So we had really no free time during the wedding planning process. But after we got married, We suddenly realized that we had so much free time after work. No more planning was taking place, and I actually couldn't read the blogs. I was reading wedding blogs every day. That was my first experience with blogs, and I was disappointed that now it just didn't apply to me anymore. It just to read a blog every day, like that had nothing to do with what we were doing anymore, was a little depressing. He said, "You know, let's we got this nice camera for our wedding. Let's just take photos." And we can kind of make our own blog, but we can make it more about lifestyle, family, whatever. And I really want to have my fashion into it. So we just kind of started brainstorming like a way that we can continue it, but make it about our life and relevant to us. So I think we just started it kind of cluelessly in a sense that we just wanted to have a hobby and a creative outlet. And... Once we really started diving into the analytics behind the site and seeing that my Instagram posts were driving more traffic to the site, we got really strategic. So that was our new hobby in a way is, oh, how can we grow this? We could probably make some commission links on the website. Like we can make some fun money on the side, but never had the idea that it could turn into what it is today. It was more just, oh, this could be a really fun thing for us. Like uh, we were kind of always too, which is interesting is my husband and I together have always had like these side things we would do as far as like entrepreneurial. We would buy and resell things on Amazon. Oh, he would edit little things on video websites just to like make extra like almost like a video editor. He would do that on the side. He had an SEO thing I helped him with where we would help people with their SEO and their websites. So that was like very much, we were just always like these, like a side hustle. We always were very hard workers in that sense. So this was almost like a extension of, oh, we can do this for fun. This will be extra cash. And yeah, so it kind of just started snowballing into, especially when our friends started finding out that we were doing it. It was that also that pride of, oh no, we're going to make this work. This isn't going to fail. So we had a little bit of that too, where people didn't understand what we were doing, but we didn't want it to just fizzle out because we didn't know what we were doing either.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. And especially when people that you know in real life find out about it, I started on YouTube like seven years ago. And so seven years ago, like YouTube obviously was not what it is to this day. And I, I remember I finally, I think I outed myself and like posted about it, but I waited until I hit like, 10 or 20,000 subscribers or something. So it wasn't like, not that it was like huge, but it wasn't exactly. You know what I mean? So there was some sort of like maybe more, like something more to back me up on like, hey, I'm doing this. And I was like terrified of going back to school. Like my biggest fear was like, I was going to show up to high school and someone was going to be like watching my video on their phone or something. (laughs) And so I was so afraid. So I was like, okay, I'm just telling people myself. But there is almost like an accountability with that because it's like, at, at that point, I'm such a like overachiever. And like, i think borderline at that point. Like, I, I don't know if it was like insecure about it or prideful. Like, I don't know which one it was, exactly. but it was, like, I need to make sure that this works out because I've already gone out of the limb and everyone around me has seen that I'm doing this. So just like literally has to work for me.
0: Exactly. And I, that was a big part of it for us because What's weird is that Facebook... Because I started my Instagram account under Thrifts and Threads. And so I had a personal Instagram account that I would post just all my family and friends on, which was just Britt Brit Xavier or something. It was just something like that, like very simple. But then Facebook had sent out... I think I was at literally a 1,000 followers on my Thrifts and Threads account, which is so embarrassing for people to get notification, you know, when you use Facebook sends it out and says your friend joined for some yes, reason. Oh, I I so clicked, oh, so awkward. I clicked the link or something when we were at dinner and Anthony got it on his phone. He's like, why did you send it out? A notification saying that you joined Instagram under Thrifts and Threads." I'm like, what? I literally like felt hot. I was like, wait, why? Why did it send it out? That's so awkward because also I had just started it. So I was just You know, people are like, oh, are you modeling? What are you doing on there? Like, why are you posting your outfits? (laughs) I got so many text messages that night. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, I have to stick with this." Something I learned too through
1: that process is that if you are confident about something, people are a lot less likely to kind of just be a jerk about it. Like, if you just act like... Exactly. the, The more I downplay something, I'm like, yeah. Like, I don't act like it's weird. I don't show any sign of insecurity or, like, fear of what they think. They're less likely to, like, Be a jerk essentially, right? Back though to like strategy. So, you were talking about how you realized on like the analytics of the site that Instagram was driving the most traffic to your like blog. How, like, what are other strategies that you were using in order to like create
0: a following? I would submit to any website that would feature outfits. There was these different websites that you could submit your outfit to be featured and they would post it on their Instagram. And I would also reach out to any brands that I wore their clothing and I would either send them an email. I don't know if I was DMing as much then. I think DM was around. I think it might've been, but I would definitely contact them and send the the link and say, Oh, I love this outfit. I'm a big fan of your items. And sometimes they would repost me on there too. I got features on H&M that way. I'm trying to think, ASOS would feature me. And they all had pretty big followings at the time. So each time someone posted, even I had a small account at the time, I would get a significant amount of followers for the ratio of how I was growing every day. So I would really be consistent with the submissions. And I know it's a little bit different now because I don't know if brands as often repost I'm not sure if it's exactly the same now that I'd have to research, but that really helped me. I consistently posted on my Instagram. At the time, too, it was chronological order. So I post three times a day, which seems crazy now because I barely post. You know, I try to get a post every day, but, you know, sometimes I skip. But I would post in the morning. I would post my blog photo and say new post on thirstandides.com. It was the photo from the actual post. And then during the daytime, I would go change on my lunch break from work into just regular outfit, jeans or whatever. And I would post that. One of my friends at work would either take the photo or my husband would meet me for lunch and take the photo. It was very real time. And then at night, I would post another photo saying new post on Thirst and Thread. So every day, I was promoting my blog twice a day. And the consistency of that, I think, really helped, especially in the beginning because people knew to expect a new post. And I was posting Monday through Friday. So I was posting five days a week at the time.
1: Do you think now posting more than once a day on Instagram
0: hurts you or do you think that's helpful? I think it really depends on your following base and what your niche is. For me, once a day is fine. But I do think that video content helps you grow a lot faster on Instagram than posting photos. Even I, when I check my analytics, I can see that I'll get more followers from any video than a photo. Like real or IGTV? for me, well, because with reels, you can't see your analytics yet. For me, it doesn't show me how many followers I've gotten from a reels. So hopefully they add that analytic portion to it, but like a regular feed video gotcha. under, you know, a few seconds, just so the watch time, I've noticed that that helps a lot. So if I'm going to post two times a day, I would like one of them to be a video if possible, but I'm not going to force it. If I don't have you know something that's worth posting a video for, then you know, I won't. But if it's a brand, I think it's really good to post videos more. I think that's really helpful.
1: So you were basically creating content for other sites, like other stores online as you were growing?
0: I was I was more just wearing the clothes that I wanted to. So I basically wanted to work with certain people. Like I wanted them to notice me. So I would send them the link. So it wasn't more so that I wanted them to notice me and then hopefully repost me on their Instagram. But what came from that was an open relationship to where they would be like, Oh, can we, you know, send you items? Or I got a few jobs that way through just opening the door for them to actually see my account and see that I was consistently posting their items. So I think that was just me really just trying to get a repost on Instagram, but it opened the door for other things too. (laughs) When did you realize you could start charging for this? So I actually went to an event in LA. It was it was some shoe brand. There was another girl there that I met at the time, and she was she had been doing it a little bit longer than me, and she was asking me, you know, like how's it going? And you know, we were just kind of talking. It was nice to actually talk to someone who was doing this too. But I was just really trying to network at the time because I, you know, didn't know a hundred percent what I was doing. I was just kind of figuring out as I went. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, you should definitely be charging for that for the usage because some people were reposting on their website." And I didn't even think that I was like, "Oh, I was just hoping that they would repost me on their Instagram." She's like, "Yeah, that's fine. Like, depending on what you want, but you probably should be post like charging for the usage." So she was a little bit way more clued in than I was, and I think a light bulb went off that day. And I went home and I told my husband and. He's like, okay, let's do a rate card. Let's just make a rate up for each for each item. Say they want an Instagram post. We'll make a rate for that. We'll make a rate for if they wanted their brand in the caption. If not, then it'll just be a tag. It'll be a little less for that. We did we made literally every scenario that I was getting asked about through email. We just made we made it up and <laughs> sometimes they would just agree so quickly that I was like, I think we need to up it because I'm too low. <laughs> <laughs> we just literally figured it out
1: <laughs> how do you realize at that time like what you're you were even even worth because i remember when i started charging for deals i was really lucky and the sense that and this is like before management i was really lucky because i had a lot of friends those to the my best friends who were growing around the same size as me so we would get a lot of the same deals or a lot of the same offers and i and let's say someone will be asking four times more and get that, and another person would be charging a fourth of that. And obviously the brand's like jumping on that. But we quickly realized like who was undercharging and getting taken advantage of. And we were able to help each other just bounce off rates from each other. So like how did you figure out and like know what to charge? That's such a tricky thing.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I didn't know exactly because I didn't get a manager until 2015. And I started my blog in 2013. So for me, I didn't even start this right. I can't remember when I started the rate card, but it was definitely a year after I had started because I remember I was making money about a year and a half after pretty consistently, like right before I quit my job. But what I started doing in the very beginning is I just made my rate the to make my day rate at work. I just wanted to make a job that I could know that, okay, if I didn't go to work today, I posted this photo and like I made up my work day. So that's how I started at first, just cause for me, it was better to know that i was if I was working on the weekend to shoot this or make sure I did this content, then it was a day of work for me in a lot less time. So that's how we started in the beginning. But that was not based on that was not based on any market value. It was just me wanting to know that I made a certain amount. But that's actually what before I quit my job, we made sure that for three months, I made you know, my month's salary plus 401k plus the insurance. So when I quit my job before leaving, I left at a really safe point to where I had more jobs incoming. I was making up my my salary. So for me, when I left, I felt like I was in a really good place to leave and I didn't just take a risk and just, you know, just try it and then that no income was coming in. And then shortly after I got a manager, and then they're like, you need to be charging way more. Yeah, no.
1: It's like <laughs> like you think you're charging enough, and then your management is like, um, like that's exactly not it. Um, exactly. I think- and I wasn't
0: charging for things that I didn't realize I should be charging for. Even you know, I was creating email blasts and just different things I was doing. I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that, but I should have been charging for it, which is interesting.
1: Yes. And sometimes it like makes you want to scream because it's so much money lost. But at the same time, it's a learning process. So it's like, exactly okay, now I know better. That won't be happening again. And just for anyone who's listening, like be very careful of tr- of what you are charging, especially because a lot of outside of the fashion space, a lot of deals are actually coming in through like, there's like three big companies that own so many of these other like digital deals that are coming in, so if you charge like way less for another deal, this company knows that you'll go under. So like you have to be so careful. And if you're going to accept a really low rate because you really really want to work with this brand, just keep that in mind that it'll hurt. It can hurt you.
0: In the yeah, long run. and the industry is pretty small too, so they will talk. And it's just not good to be. It's just not unethical to be charging one person one and then be just to make up a lower rate just because you feel like you want to like that just then just all then keep your rate lower for across the board you have to turn down the really really low ball ones for sure
1: okay i want to fast forward a little bit into tiktok you really have one i think you own the app at this point you have done such an incredible job Like if you guys have not seen her tiktok they are i mean they're beautiful but you started like Fairly early, right?
0: Yeah. So I started my account in, oh, it's almost been a year, December of last year. And my daughter actually, she got in trouble because we had limited her screen time on all social apps, but didn't think to limit her screen time on TikTok because I didn't know she was using it that much. And I checked her screen time and I'm like, hmm, interesting. The only app like that she actually uses is TikTok and I didn't even limit the screen time. And I'm like, why did you spend so many hours on this? It was over the weekend. So it was, it wasn't like she was missing school for it, but I was just so confused. I was like, what are you watching? Is this appropriate? I knew it was something music-based I had heard, but didn't know to the extent of why she would be on it that long. So I sat down with her and she showed me and it was actually really funny. The, I saw how it can be addictive, just what she was showing me. But I did notice on there that there wasn't any fashion content from us scrolling through. And it just kind of inspired me to reach a new audience. I sat with my husband after we were brainstorming. I'm like, okay, we definitely need to limit her screen time a little bit on that. But also <laughs> we can reach a new audience. And that seems really fun with the video content. So I tried to figure out how to use the app. I she was Jaden was really showing me the transitions. And she's like, this is how you film it. It was so much fun. I think that it was because I feel like this industry can get really stale at times, especially when you're continually doing the same thing. Like, I mean, I started this in 2013 for every day. You're kind of doing, you know, you're shooting the content, you're working with the brand deals, you're going, you know, a lot of it's photo based. And so having this video aspect that there was this whole new way to edit and film, it was really inspiring for me. And I feel like it refreshed my inspiration and just had our ideas going again.
1: I couldn't agree more. It's so, TikTok is just so fun. And so it, it's almost like an escape, but also it obviously it's paid off so well. What were the TikToks that really like helped you grow and kind of blew up at the beginning?
0: I shared one of my first viral videos and that was when I shared just like my outfits Monday through Friday. And it was interesting because the comments that was the first time I experienced it going viral, which it like we, you know, jumped from ten thousand views to like one hundred thousand views. And that was also that's addicting because you're like, oh my God, it hits something. you know, It's like going faster. And then I kind of understood what the allure of that it really can reach it. I didn't have that many followers at the time, either. So it's like it wasn't a follower based app. It was really the video. The content of the video is really based on if it's shared more or not, and I love that you can have. You know, I think I had like six thousand followers when I hit that video, and then by the end I had almost fifty thousand. So it's like it was such a fast growth for just one video, and it was just sharing my outfits, and people are saying, "Oh, you know, this is like actually like elevated looks on TikTok." I was they were just like talking about the outfits, and they were to me they seem simple, but. For the TikTok community, they were, you know, it was just more sweatshirts and like very casual. So I was wearing a little bit more dressier outfits. So that inspired me. And then I shared a few stories about how, you know, I was a young mom. So I shared that. That was more of a mini vlog and that one did really well. And I shared, you know, how I started my business. That was another one. So I really just kind of shared a little bit more about me as a person. And I think that helped with my growth for people to connect with me more than just on a fashion aspect.
1: I definitely think that probably made people feel so much more connected to you when people, people love hearing other people's stories and I follow someone. And I like, there's girls on Instagram that I follow and I love their style and I save everything they post. I'm like, I'm going to buy that. That's incredible. But then there's people who I feel like I know personally that I've never met. And I'm just so much more of a almost dedicated follower, I think because I know more about them. So being able to like share whatever you feel comfortable with, I think definitely, I definitely see how that would help. So at this point, are you posting like multiple TikToks a day? Is there kind of a, do you have like a strategy behind posting? Is there, are you you, like trying to diversify content? Are you just like, this is what I want to post and this is what
0: I'm going to do it? For when I had that, I feel like that was right before fashion month last, like last March and, or I guess this past March. Um, so I went into that by that time I had already had a consistent posting schedule of posting once a day on TikTok. I would love to post more, but I don't want to just post to post. It's really quality your, over quantity on yeah, there.
1: I was going to say your TikToks are so good that they're not like things that you can just throw up.
0: Yeah. And if I think I was doing comedy or if I was doing something that didn't take as much editing or, you know, then I would. I would love to do more than one. But depending on the day, or if, you know, I have a little bit more downtime and I feel really creative, then I'll batch out more. But for the most part, I love to get up one a day and then hopefully more. But by that time, we were at Fashion Month. And then I started posting pretty consistently once a day. And I was just covering the shows. And I feel like a lot of brands started noticing too. Because I would repost them onto Instagram. This is obviously Reels just launched, but it was just... I would post it to the Instagram video. And those were doing really well for me on Instagram because the Instagram audience really wasn't on TikTok. So they were <laughs> very impressed. W- way easier than the TikTok audience because they've already seen a lot of the transitions. So that was nice because I was like, Oh, perfect. I can post it on there and people haven't seen it either. And then quarantine hit after and I was trying to post twice a day because we had a lot more downtime. I had things on hold from different brands that were like just trying to figure out the climate. And I had a lot of fun with Jaden during that time because we just were being really creative. We had no set posting schedule. We just were creating family videos. And that was really what I love about TikTok too, is that I've been able to spend more time with her through this. And I mean, she's grown her account too, but it's just been fun because she'll send me video ideas. And be like, oh, we should do this. We should learn this. And it's fun because I'm not always saying like, hey, do you want to film something with me? She, <laughs> she really loves. And she's also very creative with it too, which has been really nice.
1: She's really kind of your almost secret weapon with that because she is like the age right now, especially that is honestly knows the most about TikTok. So like that is so helpful because she probably knows what she's doing more than like anyone
0: who's like even running the company. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's funny because she'll tell me things that she'll be like, Mom, no one does that anymore. Like, no, that's not cool. And it's funny because I'm like, Oh, like, I would have never known that if you didn't say that. You know, I have no idea. Like, how am I supposed to know? And plus, my For You page on my TikTok looks a lot different than her For You page. So it's what she's inter- interacting with. <laughs>
1: how do you make an audience move between platforms how are you like okay i'm going to transfer my tiktok audience over to
0: instagram and in my i mean in my blog since this year i've held off on my blog like we don't know exactly what i'm going to do with it now but just from all the analytics especially with the gen z audience they're not reading blogs like it was in 2013 2014 so Based on that, I'm going with I have to be open to evolving and being innovative because if I'm just so stuck on what I used to do and what you know worked in the past, it's not gonna continue to be relevant. So we held off on that. It may be a shopping page later on. We're trying to figure it out, but I'm obviously I still have my website. But really focusing on the short form video content and just trying to grow my YouTube as well. We started that about a year ago, but I never really posted consistently on there. So just recently, we started posting every Thursday. And that's actually been good because I've gotten quite a bit of my TikTok followers onto YouTube. It's more of a natural progression to go from a video, short from video app to YouTube than to go to Instagram. And it's interesting because a lot of the TikTok audience, the majority doesn't have an Instagram account. And that might just be because of age or just because you know their parents don't let them have an Instagram yet, but they let them have a TikTok because they're not as familiar with it. But I don't know exactly why that statistic is. But I have to assume that they're completely different platforms so that if I'm jumping on TikTok, no one knows me on TikTok, no one knows I'm in fashion on TikTok. Like you have to get their short attention span very quickly in the video and not assume anything about the audience on there. So that's really refreshing to me. And I think that that makes me have to be even more creative than a photo that I'd be posting on Instagram.
1: That is so interesting. I, I would have never even thought about the fact that a lot of them don't even have Instagrams.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting, I was scrolling TikTok the other day and there was an ad from Instagram that was saying, you know, join, Insta- join an Instagram account. You can make a boomerang and I showed Jaden. She's like, "Who makes boomerangs? Like, <laughs> what?" <laughs> it's so funny that that was in my for you page was to join Instagram. Like, that's crazy no. to me that you know. Oh at God. this point, I'm like, it doesn't. Ha- I would think everyone had an Instagram, but that audience on TikTok doesn't. Yeah, that's actually so
1: interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that, but that makes complete sense. So, for best practices when you are promoting across promoting between like your YouTube channel and TikTok are you just making small or not small? Are you just making TikToks that are kind of like
0: short clips of your YouTube
1: video or just like putting it in the caption or how are you doing that?
0: I'm trying to test it out because I haven't done it super consistently to see what works best. One video I did when we bought our house was more of a TikTok video where it was, you know, the big reveal at the end where we showed my daughter's reaction and we said, full video, link and bio. And that one did, the best as far as promotion for it but also it was like more of a personal experience and people love those personal videos more than a, you know say a fashion or a beauty one so the family ones are always going to do better for me but some of the other clips we tried to doing you know a little clip from youtube and that, those are fine too it definitely gets the audience that are already following me checking it out and i know that my growth on there on youtube is much higher on days that i promote that I'm trying to test it out with Reels too to see if I should post that same video, the little clip to Reels too. It's just I'm playing around with it to see like what the what I just need more analytics around it. And it's hard with Reels because they don't have that those analytics yet. So I'm just still trying to figure out like what's the best, but Definitely on some part of the day, I like to always promote to the YouTube when it actually goes live. And then I promote every day on stories too, on my IG story saying, you know, new video every Thursday. I make sure to just remind my audience on there too.
1: It's so interesting with reels. I made a reel just to make a reel because I hadn't really tried out the new feature and all this stuff. And I wasn't really making TikToks or anything. And I hadn't gotten super into like I was super into watching them, but I didn't necessarily know what I would make on it. Then I made a reel. I posted it to Instagram and then, which I have an established following on Instagram. So like, obviously I know it's going to get views. Then I just posted that video, the same video on TikTok. Cause I was like, I just whatever. I just want to see. I think I had like, I had like definitely under like 10,000 followers. Like I don't even, I don't know what it was at, but I wasn't getting over 10,000 views on a TikTok at that point. And I look later that night and it was at like a hundred thousand views, The and the real was at like maybe 40. I'm like, wait, what? And then that TikTok blew up. And then now all of my TikToks are getting like hundreds of thousands of views, but it was like an accident. Like I didn't actually try. I tried for the real, it didn't do as well on real and it did so well on TikTok. So now I'm like leaning more into it and it's so much fun. I find so many different places especially I'm like between Dallas and LA I found so many different places to go in Dallas that are so cool and they're really really helping businesses especially during this like climate that we're in so that's also incredible you also are in you have a lot of different platforms how do you manage that on a day to day when you are your own boss like are there get like practical like do you have like softwares that you use like spreadsheets or do you have a content calendar like How do you keep this stuff organized?
0: I use OmniFocus and I love it. It's honestly so good. I read the book a while ago, Getting Things Done by David Allen. And it's just a great process on how to get everything. He talks about open loops. So you get everything out of your brain that's bothering you and you put it into your inbox. And once a week, I have a weekly review where I review all my projects and make sure everything is current and up to what reality shows. But OmniFocus is a way to... It's a task manager, but it's on my laptop. And then I also have it on my app. So I know everything I need to work on next for the day. And I know that everything is counted for and I'm not forgetting anything. So it's honestly... like I don't know how people work without a task manager though, because it's, I'm never working on like an emergency level because I always have things. I already know what's coming. I can see a forecast view where everything is upcoming for the week and it's all really laid out for me. I love it.
1: I just wrote that down. I'm hundred percent going to be looking at that. I've tried so many different things, but I just don't feel like I found the, I'm like naturally a very organized person. So like, I will figure it out on my own, but I've been looking for something like that, that
0: just makes it better.
1: Like I need to up my like content, like planning almost.
0: Yeah. And it also helps with big picture ideas too, because OmniFocus has the way that you can organize your projects. They have, you can defer something like say, like, for example, I have these road trips that I want to start planning, but I'm not going to start planning them until after the holidays, because I know I don't, I'm not going to go right now. I have no time to go right now. We're moving. And you know, with COVID still, I just want to make sure I have a few months. So when you defer it, it comes up on that day. And during your weekly review, you can still look at e- each of these projects and see your big picture and not forget something that you thought about a few months ago. You're like, oh yeah, I want to start looking into that road trip. So it's nice because your brain isn't circling every day, trying to remember what you forgot, you know, it's all there, but it might just not be, you're not working on it this day, but it's all accounted for in there, which is really nice and helpful.
1: Yeah, I definitely need that. This is going to be my new best friend. Okay. So I have some questions about just being a mom in general. First off, I think that your relationship with your daughter is just so sweet. I love how you guys can like do like the TikToks together and the videos together. And she's like, so good on camera too. And just like a natural, um, what is it like being a young mom and how have you kind of like navigated that, especially in 2020,
0: that's such a difficult year. I think that it's interesting because when I first got pregnant, I wasn't what person who wanted to have kids or even get married. So for me, I mean, I wanted to live in a skyrise in New York and be an attorney. I never wanted to rely on someone or have to feel like, oh, I, you know, want to be married or I just that just all seemed very weak to me. And I don't know why, because my parents, you know, I'm a one of four kids. My parents have been married for since high school. Like I don't know why I had that concept in my brain. It just, you know, I just never had those dreams for myself. And so I think when I got pregnant, it was even more just like what a disappointment for my own dreams and more of just like, what is, what's even happening? Like I can't even, this is so below me that I would, this stuff doesn't happen to me. Like that was my perception. I had no empathy for people who were in that same situation. Cause I figured like, Oh, you should just deal with it. Like what's the big deal. And then when it happened to me, it was like, Wait a minute. I can't just like make a decision on what I'm doing so quickly without any emotion. So I think that whole experience really brought out the more human side of me that I did have a maternal side. I did have these things I just didn't think were a part of my personality. And when she was born, I just everything else went out the door as far as like, I just want to make sure that she had a good life and she was well protected. And I think that just became my main focus. So now, especially with, you know, 2020 and her being 13, especially with school at home with COVID, I really am not super strict on the screen time and just her trying to, you know, navigate with her friends that she doesn't get to see really. And I think it's just a hard time for parents in general, just because, you know, now I'm trying to work, but also she's coming in on her breaks and be like, hey, what are we doing for lunch? <laughs> like I don't have time to take a lunch break right now, so um, just trying to balance that, but also making sure that I don't lose sight. and the fact that I wanted to my blog when the whole thing for me was when I left my job that I didn't have to put her in daycare anymore, and she correlates that to like when I quit my full time job, that was her she didn't want me to quit the blog either because she's like, oh, and then I don't have to go to daycare anymore, and I get to get picked up right after school, and she was little at the time, so. For me, I ha- can't lose sight of the fact of like why I'm doing this in the first place was to spend more time with her and be more available. So I have to make sacrifices at some point and just make sure that I'm not being so caught up into work where these moments of her being at home, I mean she's gonna be eighteen in just a few years and be you know leaving for college, and I don't want to lose this time with her just because I'm too wrapped up so I just let myself have a little bit more of just that leeway of like, yeah, I need, you know, a few extra days to get this done, but it's okay because, you know, we're spending time together or we're like having those moments, just trying to really keep that in focus right now. I love that.
1: I hear a lot from other moms on like other podcasts and just Instagram people that I follow about like, it starts as the pregnancy, please. And then it's the mom, please. And how everyone has an opinion and how it's just like the most they've said like out of all internet hate, it is the worst and the most annoying. How do you, I don't know if that is something that bothers you, but how do you just kind of decide like, I'm parenting in my own way. I am my own person. This is my relationship with my daughter. Like how do you kind of just keep that more personal and making your own decisions and not letting the like mom police and all these like really unrealistic expectations like bother you?
0: I've heard a great quote. I don't know who actually said I have to look it up, but it said never take hate from someone you wouldn't take advice from. And that's always been really helpful to me because yeah, someone might comment, but I mean, they don't have a kid or they're a mom of five in the South. Like they have no idea my lifestyle here in LA or, you know, it's like someone that can comment, but unless you're like a family member or a friend, I really just have to turn, tune it out. And you know, some people, you know, will be like, Oh, well you shouldn't be putting your daughter in front of the camera because you know, she doesn't want to, but it's like a waste of time for me to respond to them and be like, actually she is pushing me to have film with her. And you know, yeah, it's like, it was her idea. Not even worth it. yeah. I'm yeah. like, it's not even worth explaining w- for what, like, I honestly just don't respond to negative comments. And the nice thing on Instagram is you can restrict comments. So it's better than blocking, especially if someone gets like really creepy and stalkerish. You want to be able to have a report of, you know, let's say you had to go to the police or whatever. But restricting is actually way better to do because when someone is restricted, they can comment, but they are only seeing their comments. So they don't see that they're blocked in a way, but they're commenting, not and no one else is responding to them because they can only see their comment. So it's actually a really genius thing from Instagram. But it was made in the sense of to be able to manage if there is a bully that's going like above and beyond. You don't want to block someone because you want to make sure you have a little bit of a tab on them, especially if they start showing up where you live or whatever. But I love that aspect of it. And so I just restrict people that are just, you know, negative. I don't, I'm like, let them comment. But then I mean, no one else is responding and they're not getting that that drama feed that they love.
1: I had a friend tell me about this yesterday and it's so funny because the people who are just leaving is like completely unnecessary hate comments They can still do it, but they're not, ri- like no one else can see it. So it's actually even funnier. Like It's they- funnier
0: because they're going out of the way writing these things. And also it's funny because each time that they post a comment, it'll say restricted comment. And then, so I'm not even read I don't even see the comment. It just says restricted comment. So I don't even see it it just doesn't even show to me it's just funny that they keep going out of the way to comment and it's like no one's seen it but you but bless your heart <laughs>
1: no, that is so funny oh my god okay well thank you so much for coming on today i love this episode where can they find you
0: you can find me on tiktok at britney.xavier and instagram is Brittany xavier and my youtube channel is britney xavier and i'm hopefully we'll be starting trillers soon so we'll see if how that goes but what is Triller? I don't know exactly. I haven't spent enough time just figuring it out, but it's very it's a lot more music-based than TikTok. And it's the music, one of the big music industry producers or companies owns it. So it's very much correlated with the music trends. So I don't know. I have to figure out and see what the main differences are, but it looks pretty fun. So we'll see how that goes. But that's just Brittany Xavier as well. Oh. And I just set up a Snapchat account. So I'm Xavier on there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so fun. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank
1: you so much for having me. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you guys did, let me know if you made it to the end of the episode. Also, guys, I want to start doing giveaways here. So if you made it this far, let me know what you guys want to see in giveaways. Should we do like Sephora gift cards? I feel like that would be fun. And then you guys go follow the podcast Instagram when we talk there or something. I could do that. So anyways, I love you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, leave a nice review. Podcast reviews are what I picture hell to be. And I really see you guys when you say nice things. But I love you guys so much and
0: I will talk to you next week.